Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Man on the Post Weekend Podcast. Uh, my name's Chris, uh, and joining me this week again, I've got Dave. How are you, Dave? I'm very well, mate. Are you? Uh, yeah, I could be better, but I'm not too bad. Um, d- depending on how uh, a late shot in the Arsenal game went, uh, as as it didn't go in, this podcast is actually being recorded. Um, I nearly threw my laptop across the room. Uh, <laughs> When 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 Wolves hit the bar, uh, but we'll talk a bit more about that later on. Um, uh, yeah, so just me and Dave again this week. Um, not the greatest weekend of Premier League football, um, but a few talking points and a few themes that seem to uh, um, be uh, occurring over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we might as well start off with a big one, Dave, as they open match of the day as well. The mighty oh. Newcastle, mighty mighty Magpies. Uh... Uh, this was actually a really enjoyable game yesterday. Um, not just because we won. Like the main thing I took from this is that for once we played against another team who played quite well, and we still won. It wasn't like a smash and grab, or necessarily were hanging on. It was just a really good game, and uh, you know, I didn't necessarily expect to win, but everything came together quite well in the end. I was going to say when I, when I put match of the day on that last night, I was I was surprised to see it as the first game. Like knowing the result, and then but then watching the game, it did it did look quite good. Both goalkeepers very busy. As well. Yeah, I mean Dubravka's turned out to be one heck of a bargain for us. I think we paid about four million for him um, after the initial loan last season. Um, and honestly, I'm not sure I'd really swap him for anybody else at the minute. Um, I was actually having this debate with a guy sitting next to at the match and. <laughs> He has him up there with De Gea as the best two in the league, which is probably pushing it a bit. But um, in terms of what we need him to do, which is basically stop shots and distribute the ball semi-competently, he does it so well. Um, you know, you can have Edison and whoever else. For, the way he plays is ideal for Man City, but for, in terms of goalkeepers and what they, what they give a team, I, I would say... Dubravka and Fabianski are right up there for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's only quite young as well, isn't he? Yeah, and certainly in goalkeeping terms. Anyway, um, it's just I don't know how on earth we've plucked him from. I wouldn't say obscurity, but one of the lesser known leagues. Anyway, um, and he he, does, he looks like he's played in the Premier League all his career. He's not one of these who's had to come in and sort of be mollycoddled. And even if you think like De Gea took a little bit of adjusting when he first came to England, yeah. Um, there's been none of that from the, from the minute he stepped on the pitch. He got man the match against Man United, and it's just gone on from there. Yeah, I say because I remember watching his debut. I was just trying to think who it was against. I was I wasn't sure if it was against Arsenal or against one of the bigger clubs because I, I, I remember watching it, and he, he was fantastic in his debut. He was, but uh, I mean, he, he was he did what he needed to do yesterday. He made some good saves, but the main men yesterday were, were Rondon, who obviously got his two goals, but his general hold up play and. 
I was, it, it was a complete centre forward performance. It was it was really what we've been missing for a long time now. Um, but also Key in midfield who came in for Shelby, who was injured, uh, and I, I honestly can't remember him giving the ball away the whole game. Um, he was outstanding. Who's the centre back? Is it Shaw? Yeah, so he played instead of the cells, and uh, he's so good on the ball. Yeah, it's it's surprising. Um, I, I don't know why I'm so surprised because he's he's played many many times for Switzerland, um, but he is. It's it's weird because when Lascelles plays, he gives the ball to Shelby, and Shelby takes off his toes, mm-hmm. maybe ten yards outside our box. But when you've got someone at the back who can play out, it meant the whole midfield was ten yards further forward, and it meant we were generally more of a threat. And that's not a criticism of Shelby by any means, because he's obviously been told to do it because the the opposition generally let Lascelles have the ball out the two centre halves because mm-hmm. uh, they know he's limited in what he can do. Um, but Shaw yesterday, he played a couple of raking passes he put yeah. Perez in for the one-on-ones before half-time there was a few where he picked players out who were more than 10 yards away which is quite a big a big difference maker when you're a team like us who you know we need to find every advantage we can um, so it was it was a change it was very different from our, our normal performances which is uh, giving the ball to Shelby and letting him uh-huh. ping the ball about but it uh, we were no we were certainly no worse off for it and if anything better for it yesterday yeah so I, I, I watched the game on match the, the, the highlights on match of their rather and I thought Shaw was playing in midfield I thought he was playing like <laughs> that Jorginho role because some of those passes he was making were fantastic you know and you talk about him playing for Switzerland you know and obviously he, I, I had to watch his teammate from Switzerland play terribly <laughs> today um, <laughs> But yeah, no, he looked really impressive. Uh, impressive. Uh, David Brooks again looked fantastic. Yeah, good player. Um, him, you Fra- him in the flesh now as well. Yeah, he's just he's, he's always him and Fraser always wanting to get on the ball. Um, he was lucky not to get a penalty. Uh, I think that was him who Fernandez kind of had a bit of a kick through mm-hmm. towards uh, yeah. just after after the open goal. But it's one of those where like the, the guys basically kick the ball out of play and looking for the contact. So it, it probably is a penalty by the by the the letter of the law but it's, it's, I feel like it's a bit of a shithouse penalty if, if, when they get given because he's there's no other scenario there other than kicking the ball out of play you know, if you know what I'm, what I'm yeah. saying here it's, it would have been soft for us to give it away but I, I guess it probably should have been by the letter of the law uh, yeah um, I say yeah Rondon got his double that second goal uh, Alan Shearer loved that um, yeah it's, it's, it's the type of centre forward goal he loved to see um, I mean we've been spoiled over the years having Ferdinand Shearer even Andy Carroll, would love to go like that, but uh, I say it's been a while since we've had someone like that. Mitrovic was meant to be that for us, but he was too rare, really. Um, but hopefully Rondon's got more of them in his locker because, yes, honestly, his performance was as good as I've seen from a centre forward at Newcastle for a, a long time. Mm. It was it was a different Newcastle. Like, like I say, I've watched them like the last three weeks from doing doing this, and um, they've been different each time. Like yes, yes, this game was quite a battle. There was quite some meaty tackles going in from both sides. Um, but it was good to see Matt Ritchie because he nearly left you in the in the summer, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think. Well, the problem with Ritchie is that he's he's very good technically, but he's got no pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from if the, if all the rumours were believed he was trying to ship out Richie so he could be in Townsend from yeah. uh, Crystal Palace now Townsend Rafa had when he first came for about four months and then we got relegated Townsend left and he spent most of the time since then trying to get him back um, so he obviously rates him very highly for what mm-hmm. he does uh, and he, he, to be honest he was fantastic for us uh, Richie's a different kind of player he's very clever um, it's useful for him having, having Yedlin down that side because that's, yeah. that's his legs really but um, he's 
he's expendable, really. He's better than you know Astro and Murphy, who was his direct competition, but yeah. uh, he could easily be upgraded, I think. Because it, it was good to see him sticking out wide, Kennedy on the on the opposite side as well, and then putting those crosses in to Rondon, who is that's a perfect foil for him, and that combination could could harvest you a few goals. Yeah, it was nice to see us go back to basics, really, and just get the ball wide and get it in the box. Um, when you've got someone like Rondon in there, it uh, makes all the difference. But mm-hmm. scoring early as well, it's, I think it's only about the second time this season we've got the first goal, which makes so much of a difference to a team who, when you haven't won many, getting that confidence boost early on, yeah. uh, it makes a big difference to how you play the rest of the game. So it's kind of a shame the international break's coming up now. And so you've won your last two games. You look look brimming with confidence. You've beaten like a, a very good Bournemouth side. Uh, what was it? Watford you beat last week as well. Yes, yeah, so that's right. Two two of the teams who are playing above themselves, and you've come along and beat them. And now you've got to wait two weeks for your next game. Yeah, but it's Burnley away, and honestly, I could wait the rest of my life for that game because it'll be very <laughs> very dull. <laughs> Uh, well, talking of very, very dull and Burnley, we might as well quickly gloss over the uh, their game against Le- Leicester at the uh, first game at King Power since the, the tragic events of a fortnight ago. Um, not really much to say about this game, though. No, I think um, I kind of expected Leicester to win because of what the, what had happened and the occasion, but fundamentally, it's going to take a it's had a big impact on all their all their lives. Um, I don't think the result was really that important yesterday. I think it was it was just the day that was of remembrance really for yeah. for the owner. Um, and by the looks of things, they gave him one hell of a send off. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Leicester will probably be glad of the international break for for many reasons. And uh, some of their players will want to have a few days if not weeks just to get their heads straight because there's a lot happened in the last couple of weeks a lot to process Yeah, the, the, so the only thing of note that I, I recall from that game is Wes Morgan seemed to be doing his best to get sent off in, in another game uh, You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he, he was fantastic for them the year they won the, 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 the league and then this season he's just looked like he's never defended before in his life it's very strange isn't it that, when, that red card he got the other week against Everton when he I think he was, he was booked, and then he was on a, like a final warning after mm. two or three bad fouls. Then he just, I think he wiped Richarlison in the dugout, didn't he, yeah. or something? It, it was just so needless. And then yet yesterday, he was just steamrolling through players. You know, and you could you could argue yes, it was quite an emotional occasion, and you know that sort of thing was going to happen. But yeah, I, 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 at one point watching it, I thought he was going to get sent off, and I thought that you know getting sent off three times at this stage of the season. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's the type of thing Troy Deeney would be proud of after. He, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, but Burnley still not looking great. Um, I think the big thing for them is that they didn't concede because they, mm-hmm. they've they've shipped a lot recently. Um, so from, I imagine Sean Dyke's be pretty pleased to go back to basics and keep a clean sheet away from home as well. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, they've got us after the national break, so they'll probably fancy themselves to get <laughs> uh, get put right. Um, yeah, on to another game that again was not not I say not a great weekend. Uh, Crystal Palace uh, losing to Spurs. Um, Palace, um, six months since they won at home. It's ridiculous. That is ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, I watched this game as well, and it was uninspiring, is what I'm going to go with. But mm-hmm. for as soon as Zaha wasn't playing for Palace, you may as well have just. Palace Zero was always going to be on one side of the screen. It was just whether Tottenham could, could break them down or not. Yeah. Uh, they they it, just don't win without him, do they? They don't. But, I mean, the boy, is it Soloth or Soloth, however you say it? Yeah. Who, who came on, he 
probably should have scored. Um, Hugo Lloris, I don't know if you watched this game uh, live, I don't know how many of these made the highlights, but uh, he was absolutely terrible for an hour. Like He was flapping at every cross that came in, and he was, his kicking was off. And yeah, he was, and then brilliant and then, at the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, yeah. then he probably got man the mattress saved at the end. But, uh, it just... was funny, I was, I was literally tweeting about, like, remember when Lloris was the best goalkeeper in the Premier League? <laughs> and then he starts pulling off saves. I, I just deleted the tweet. I thought, I'm not even going to open myself up for it. I couldn't believe it. Uh, it's strange, but Tottenham just—I think they've gone under the radar a bit, really, because they haven't been great by any means. But they're, they're still there or thereabouts, and they haven't lost many, um, really. And say the boy Foyth, who we mean you took apart last weekend yeah. for giving away t- two pens, comes up with a goal. So, oh yeah, but did you did you see he was terrible? I saw at the first the, fir- at the first twenty minutes he was. He, him and him and Larice between them were he, trying to give. He looked give like off. he looked like he should have been wearing an Arsenal shirt with Mustafi on the back. He was he was all over the place, and and, and then pops up and scores scores the goal. But it was um because I, I watched bits of the game live and then I saw um match of the day afterwards, and they were saying like how terrible he was at the beginning. Like he, he made a back pass that went out of play. Um, oh yeah, just missed quite a few tackles, gave away a couple of stupid fouls, um, but then. Literally, after he he must have got to the point where he thought my game can't get any worse, he started spraying passes around like he was Perlo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just he's like twenty twenty years old, having a terrible game after a terrible debut, um, and then yeah, starts spraying passes, and then he scores 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 the winner. Ah, it's a funny yeah. game, isn't it? Like, but... he, he looks like he'll provide a lot of entertainment. In that, he does in that, in that Spurs back four. Yeah, I mean, talking about teams who are thankfully the national break. Tottenham look absolutely shagged. I'm yeah. bet they're I bet they're pleased for the break, but I mean, not that many of their players will get a break because no doubt Harry Kane will play 180 minutes for England. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> this will go on forever. But yeah, it's strange. I say like Crystal Palace not scored from open play this season. And again, really? Yeah, not, they've not scored a single goal from open play this season. Um, and yeah, it's six months since they won at home. That that's incredible. I know they started last season quite badly. But that just, was the old Frank de Boer effect, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and you know, <laughs> but I didn't realise they 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 were performing that poorly because they just they just kind of you know the mid table and stay there because I suppose all you ever hear from them is about Zaha, really. Um, they look like they had chances to score, as you say. Loris in the last the last part of the game was fantastic. They they had plenty of chances to score. They did, but I mean, do you think they're in real danger of going down? It's hard to say though, isn't it? Because last again, last season, everyone thought they'd go down last season, and and they got out of it. Um, and they they are a team that can turn it on. Um, I don't think that apart from Zaha, I don't think they've got many injuries. I can't think of any players who are missing for them. I think they've just got players who who just aren't turning up. You know, they signed that um, Max Meyer, who at one point was like the golden boy of European football, and seems to have gone off the boil. He was he was anonymous yesterday. He was. There's only Benteke really to come back, and he was yeah. so bad before his injury. I don't think they really missed him to be <laughs> yeah. honest. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it's strange. They're just very much going through the motions. Um, there's, there's absolutely nothing special about them. But I think there's other teams who are much worse at the moment, which is probably what's going to save them. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, we'll come on to some of those teams in a moment, but mm-hmm. uh, they're um, they're just so uninspiring, aren't they? They're uh, yeah. Definitely. So yeah, it, it, it's literally just a not not edge of your seat football at all. And I say Tottenham, as you say, they were 
they looked exhausted. They had no gusto to them whatsoever. Harry Kane again looked really laboured. Uh, you know, it comes to as as you can tell from the goal when that goal that ball was free in the area, nobody moved. <laughs> and and, and Foyf just Foyf was the only one to react, and he he was a good few yards away from that ball, and he beat everyone to it. And you you you'd expect your striker like your Harry Kane or you know your your um, creative players like Ali, who were all around the ball, to be diving in at the same time. But yeah, no, absolutely nowhere near it. So yeah, the international break should, could be good for them. But again, I imagine uh, Harry Kane will play a pivotal role in Wayne Rooney's retirement special on Thursday. <laughs> and then play again on on Sunday. I think the second game is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, on to other well, slightly more entertaining games, I suppose. Uh, Cardiff uh, Brighton. Uh, it was the early game, I believe. Uh, Cardiff snatching a late win. Yeah, I was. I didn't see much of it. I've seen match of the day, but I was on the way to our match, so I didn't see uh, much of this live. But uh, Salt Bamba, like it still astounds me to this day. That he's a Premier League defender. Going for overhead kicks and everything? Going for an overhead kick in the last minute, which ends up hitting the post. And then there were so many things wrong with that goal. Like, obviously, the overhead kick from Sol Bamba, um, the pinball, the, the fact that it got knocked on the bar and then he scores and he takes his shirt off and doesn't get booked. For, it's, where do you start? <laughs> yeah, it, it, there, was, there were a few weird things. Right? So, yeah, uh, Dunk scored again. Um, I think he's Brighton's top scorer, apart from Glenn Murray. He might even be level with Glen Murray now, to be fair. <sighs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, we say this every week, don't we? If Brighton, Brighton scores, it's from a set piece or it's from Glen Murray scoring a top in. Like, they, they score so few good goals. Like, uh-huh. I know there's no there's no such thing as a good goal that's better than any other goal, really, in terms of what it means, but they must, teams must look at them and scout them and think, how, how the hell are these 12th in the league, wherever they are? Like, you'd think it would be defendable by now, but there's a lot to be said for having two of the biggest lads going to attack set pieces and just seeing what happens. Yeah, that was that was really visible yesterday as well. They were just Duffy and Dunk just, <laughs> just pouring on forward. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the only other thing I really noticed from this game is um, Patterson, who we spoke about. Uh, I think it was last week. He he's I'm guessing that moustache is for Movember. I hope so for his sake because, because it's wow. He <laughs> <laughs> looked like you know on FIFA where you create your own player. Oh yeah, he, he looked like one of those where he just hit the random button. <laughs> oh, it, it's strange, and then he did that ridiculous dance when he scored. Oh. Uh, Dale Stevens, once of Bayern Munich, um, getting a red card for a terrible tackle, but probably a tackle that we saw about four times this weekend. That was a it's in real time. I thought that's ah, not that bad of a tackle, but then when you slowed it down, oh god, it uh, it got worse with every viewing. Um, there was a similar one today from uh, Callum Chambers Callum on Chambers, Salah. Yeah. yeah, again, real time. I was like, that's ah, not bad, but whew, when you slow it down, it catches the place so, so sort of like just above the ankle kind of area, and it's it's they were getting close and close to a leg break happening. Aren't we? It's uh, it's not good. Yeah. So arguments that the winning goal was offside. As well. uh, or the Bamba one. The Bamba one, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember this was analysed on match of the day. And like I say, it had so many different phases of play. I can't, I can't remember which bit he was offside on, because the throw-in was flicked on by a Brighton player or something, wasn't it? And then carnage ensued from there. Yeah, but it, it was strange. Um, uh, Harris, uh, I think his name was a young lad. I think it was his da- Premier League debut for um, 
for, for Cardiff yesterday. It looked quite bright because uh, I don't think I don't remember Bobby Reed playing. I didn't see him, so he was on the bench. But um, I don't know who was it. Kadeem Harris? Is that Kadeem his name? Harris. That's yeah. Him, yeah. No, I, I didn't really see much of him, but he he seemed like he um, was a bit of a difference maker for them yesterday. Yeah. Uh, to, sorry, go on. No, no, carry on. I was going to say, I, I, to be honest, I thought Cardiff would be pretty much rooted to the bottom by this stage. So, as much as it pains me to say, you've got to give Warnock a lot of credit for how he's set his team up and he's just approached it in totally the right way. And that they, they've gone, you know what? There's no point in trying to hang on for a one nil. Every we'll, we'll just play our own game, and if it comes off great, and if it doesn't, then so be it. Um, okay, on to the uh, two more games from the Saturday. Uh, this game probably more well known for what happened after it, uh, but Southampton finally not losing um, to Watford, uh, getting a one-all draw. Um, I don't know where to start. Did you just start with Charlie Austin? I suppose. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's right. Like it's goal, this goal should have stood because um, I know Yoshida was standing in an offside position, but he was he wasn't interfering with the play. He wasn't in front of the goalkeeper's eye line. Um, none of that nonsense. He didn't even move towards the ball. So. That's ridiculous, um, but at the same time, Watford should have had a penalty, yeah. which would have been, which would have been Bertrand's second yellow. Yeah. I'm almost certain of that. Um, so I know two wrongs don't make a right, but they certainly cancel each other out. I would say in terms of the in the, in the we deserve points brigade. Um, I mean, he, he wasn't wrong in what he said either. By the way, like I, I think we talked about the rest last week. They haven't had a good weekend this weekend either, really. Mm-hmm. Um, why haven't they got more help? Or I, I don't know how you combat this other than VAR. Which the problem with VAR is it's going to be the same officials who are going to be looking at the, at the tape. And as we've seen when when they've done the FA Cup and things last season, it w- wasn't a whole lot better. Yeah, it is. To say that. I say the World Cup, World Cup was interesting with the, with the VAR, um, but with the Premier League, so especially the amount of things that have happened last week and this week, just, there's just so much. And then, like we've talked about, like the tackle, the tackle yesterday with uh, on Saturday, yeah, with Jennings was a red card. Callum Chambers does it today, and it's not, you know. Yeah, well, this is it. But what I would look at doing is getting as many ex-pros on the officiating side of things as possible, because they are the only ones who are going to understand the, what the play is all about. Mm. Um, now, whether they, have, they sit them in the VAR studio and let them, you know, make the decisions based on the videos so they can watch it in, in their own time, or whether you'd have some sort of program where players retire and then become a ref straight after as an option. Mm. Um, that's the only thing I can think of that hasn't really been discussed already. Yeah, my only argument with that would be, especially after watching the Arsenal game today, is some ex-pros, when they do punditry, don't sound like they've ever played the game. Like I had to listen to Don, Don Goodman today mm. on, on the Arsenal game, and like he just sounded like he hated football. Like Danny Murphy's another one. Danny Murphy generally sounds like he's being held prisoner. He does, that's true. I, I mean, I was, I was going to say, like, you know, make them have the actual training first because the amount of times like they don't, they blatantly don't understand the offside rule, and they're sat in the studio being paid money to talk about it. You know, that's that shouldn't happen. Um, but if you give them the right training, um, they need to do. They, need, they do need help one way or another um, because our officials aren't getting any better. Yeah. If, if someone said to you, who, "Which ref do you want this weekend?" Who would you say? 
I don't think I could really name that many of them at the moment. <laughs> no, well, the problem we've got as well from a Newcastle point of view is that the best ref in the league is Michael Oliver and by a country mile, and he literally can't ref us because he's a Newcastle fan. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not a good situation. Yeah, I said I said the guy who um, ref- refereed the Southampton game. It was only his fourth Premier League game, wasn't it? Yes, I, I think, think I, I yeah. said that. Yeah, because I think he replaced was it Bobby Madley. Uh, he's another great one as well. Yeah, at least, he, at least was, he's gone now. He, he was awful, and uh, this, I won't talk about it on here. But the circumstances around him leaving, <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad he's gone. But but yeah, obviously his replacement doesn't seem to be up to scratch. Um, I say we we I think we spoke about it last week when there was um, talk about some of the decisions and referees getting worried about being marked down, which will cost them games the next week and what have you. But are they? I wonder, I'd love to know what happens when they get marked. You know, do they look at like, oh, well, you should have given this, you should have given that, and stuff like that. Well, this is it, like what we were saying last week with uh, Probert and his yellow card and of uh, Damari Gray for yeah. the celebration. Like, presumably, whoever's assessing him is not a robot, so they can take into account the circumstances. Mm-hmm. You would expect, anyway. Um, like. It, if you assess, if he, let's say you hadn't booked him last week and you're assessing him, would you really go? Well, you should have booked him, even though, you know, it's it. it we know the circumstances, so just let common sense prevail. I don't understand why why it can't. It, it makes no sense to me. Because do we know who the assessors are? Because is it is it ex referees or? I'd assume so. I mean, didn't uh, did Mike Riley do that for I, a bit? I'm, I'm or, not sure because I know Dermot because I know Sky have a thing on a Monday where they have Dermot Gallagher in the studio. And he he basically assesses controversial decisions and stuff like that. And he's really good. He's he's very much the voice of reason. He's like, oh, I can see why the referees made this decision and stuff like that. And like, and I'm thinking, like, well, why isn't he doing this for for the referees themselves rather than being on Sky? Like, maybe he's going to get more money on Sky, I suppose. Well, maybe. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, you've got. I think Clattenburg's available again now. Uh, I believe he's left his job, uh, sunning himself in Qatar. Huh. Um. You know, and you know, this this because uh, they they force referees out at a certain stage, don't they? Which is which is really strange, you know. Uh, and but then they can say there's not enough young referees up and coming. So well, that's definitely a problem. The ones who have been produced, the ones the ones who are coming through, don't seem to be uh, particularly good. I just wonder how long it is before we start bringing in refs from other leagues, just offering them more money to come and ref in our in our mm-hmm. league. Um, which I don't think would be very good for the game because anyone. You know, you'll know from Arsenal playing in Europe. It's such a stop-start affair. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> European referees are completely different. They don't like let the game flow or anything. No, so I mean, I think that might not be the best solution, but uh, we're going to get VAR sooner or later. Mm. Um, I just worry that to say it's going to be the same morons who are in the studio making the decisions uh, that are the ones who aren't spotting these things on the field anyway. Yeah. Um, I suppose the final thing to say on this, I say Watford are having a bit of a blip on it. Southampton have finally scored from open play. Um, but yeah, do you think Charlie Austin will get a ban? Uh, I hope not. I hope at worst he gets a fine. But um, the FA are very protective about anyone complaining about referees. So Although nothing's been said about it yet, which is a good sign. Usually they come out straight away with a charge. Yeah. So well, I don't think I don't think he said anything wrong. Are you just? No, I don't. I don't. He, in his opinion, the refs cost him the game, um, and I mean, as we've said, it was a wrong decision. But at the same time, 
Mm. He missed. He got other things wrong as well. So he was just oh. as wrong for both teams. So that's the thing. If, if, <laughs> if, if, if Mourinho comes out and has that conversation, it's 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 all over the place in it. And Mourinho's the yeah. devil. I hate to stick up for Jose Mourinho, but it is the case. Uh, I've got one more thing as well. Sorry, have, have you seen the Park Life video? Sorry. I have. Oh, it's I was actually. Young. I was actually just reading uh, the guy who created it must have been ripped off by somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was just trying to claim it back, and then his comments were just full of people calling him out for, st- for stealing it in the first place, and then I just closed Twitter because it was yeah, just annoying. I, I, but... saw, I saw Charlie Austin even tweeted Parklife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Twitter's great for things like that, isn't yeah. it? No, it's really good. Um, the last game for Saturday was the, uh, the wonderful uh, creative Huddersfield Town uh, against West Ham. Not a very memorable game from what I saw of it either. No, um, I mean, did you, did you watch Huddersfield v Fulham on Monday night? Oh God, no! I was out. No. Thank God. Ah, uh, well, I suffered through it. So um, that was was pretty bad, and from the highlights, Saturday was also pretty bad. Um, I guess the only thing I really took from this was this Felipe Anderson starting to look the real deal. Mm-hmm. I know he had a good game last weekend, but to back it up with another good game this week, yeah, um, you know, he looks good. Um, Huddersfield, same as always. Um, plenty of the ball, plenty, of, you know, quite a few chances really as well, but just no cutting edge. Yeah. The goal, the goal, the score as well was strange because it, it wasn't the most powerful shot, but it kind of yeah, it kind of crept in, didn't it? it? Kind of it went through the defender's legs, which is always a a recipe for disaster. But I thought Fabianski was a bit slow in getting across to it, but as I say, he probably couldn't see it. So. Yeah, so Who knows? Yeah, West Ham not losing against I Anderson, get, getting a late, a late equaliser. But yeah, I think I think West Ham could have won it, but uh, yeah, Huddersfield definitely didn't look to me like they were going to win it at all. I think Huddersfield will go down um, unless something incredible happens, but they just they just got nothing other like there's nothing about them that makes me go, you know what, this player will save them or this mm. even that- the def- even the defence which was reasonably good last year seems to have. Uh, Gone back a bit this year. Yeah, that's it. I say Cardiff are, are getting a few wins with the teams around them, uh, like they did this weekend. And it's like the only other team that that look as bad are, are Fulham, I suppose. So we might as well start off with uh, now uh, losing two 0 to Liverpool this this afternoon. Um, I didn't think this was a very good game, though. To be fair, it wasn't. Uh, I expect this to be a bit of a bloodbath. I was mm-hmm. expecting at least four, maybe five for Liverpool, um, but they were they were a bit laboured. I think. I don't know what you feel about this, but quite often with the old 12pm Sunday start, it's not always the best, the best game, I guess. Yeah, 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 no, um, I find early kickoffs to be a bit dull sometimes. I, I just get the impression most of the crowd are hungover, um, or at least sleep deprived, because I don't know what it's like getting, at, getting in downfield from wherever the majority of people come from, but I can't imagine it's a very quick experience. Yeah, I um, yeah it, it wasn't a great game at all. Um, the, the, what I found strange in this game, though, is... Um, so Fulham scored and it was ruled out for offside and 13 seconds later Liverpool had scored off Alisson just throwing the ball out now normally when a goal gets disallowed like with the Charlie Austin situation yesterday the game stop grinds to a halt yeah well I guess if the ref's happy for them to go then they can uh, I mean if you go back do you remember the 98 World Cup when uh, Sol Campbell thought he'd won it for England and the whole team was celebrating against and Argentina yeah, yeah, and then uh, it got disallowed for I think someone breathed, uh, took a breath on their goalkeeper or something, <laughs> and then 
as our lads were celebrating, they had like a five on two at the other end from the free kick. So I guess there's always been a precedent for it just to be taken as long as the ref's happy with it. Um, I understand the whole like play to the whistle and stuff. I just don't recall ever seeing anything quite like that before in the Premier League. No, no, I have to say, like, I think there was some, what did you say, 13 seconds from back 13 to front? 13 seconds from back to front. And like, took, like, Alisson picks the ball up and throws it straight out. Well, he must have put it down, did he, and played it because it was a free kick? Yeah, yeah, picked it up, put it on the floor, oh, oh, played, yeah. played it straight out wide, and they were all away. I mean, it's, it's, it's clever, like, I mean, you can't argue with that, but uh, I say someone that it took Pogba longer to take his penalty of the week than it did for Liverpool to get from one end to the other and <laughs> pretty, score. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, and then the worst thing is the goal should, probably shouldn't have been disallowed. Oh, it was a tight offside, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think Michael Owen was. I don't know if you saw this. Michael Owen was fighting the cause that he was offside. Whilst Mark Schwarzer, with his full as full of was on, was saying, "No, he's definitely onside." And it was just a pointless argument because there was a line on the screen. Like, it was, it was touch and go. Um, again, if we use VAR, it probably would have been ruled out because it was like yeah. a, a heel offside. But it's the type of thing I hate. Like, if that goes against you, you feel a bit a bit robbed, don't you? Because it's mm. it's such a small margin and. You, they always used to say the attack gets the benefit of the doubt and all this kind of stuff, but I guess it's it's black and white, isn't it? It's either it's either off or it's not. Just just no breaks for Fulham all. They made more changes yesterday as well. Um, is, oh, I've forgotten his name. The Dave midfielder, sorry. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, was, yeah, dropped into dropped, yeah. dropped into yeah. the bench. Um, Liverpool, um, Shakiri scored the second. Um, but what I found interesting about him, he's got a bit of reputation of being a bit lazy and whatever, but he was defending. He was back at right, back at left back and at right back at times, winning the ball back. You know, it, it, even though they're, they're playing a Fulham team who look completely inept at football, <laughs> it, you know, it, it was interesting to see that Klopp's got him doing that. Ah, they've made a new rule from having there. It's like the third third midfielder of three. I guess he's mm. playing the the Oxley Chamberlain rule. Um, I thought Fulham were okay until Liverpool scored, really, which as it often happens with uh, teams at the bottom once they concede the confidence goes but we also see it all the time don't we where bottom clubs go to one of the top sides and they say it as sort of like a free hit and they play you know off the leash a little bit and mm. Fulham should have been ahead through Sessignon anyway before any of the disallowed stuff he mm. missed a pretty good chance um, and then as I say once the, the goal got disallowed and if it went up the other end that was more or less it um, yeah. but do you think Fulham will replace their manager over the over the international break? They they have a bit of a history of doing it in the past, don't they? Um, Shahid Shahid Khan has said he backs him, but if someone comes available, if they get, I think if they get wind that someone's available, probably at that point where they've got to start mate, looking at it. Well, it's that time of year, isn't it, where Big Sam sits by the phone? Wait, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just just waiting for it. I mean, would he go there? Probably. I think he'd go anywhere for the right money, wouldn't he? Yeah, it's, that's. A- I think it'd be interesting something like that for Big Sam because obviously he wants to rebuild his reputation and whatever, which he, you know he, he's done all right because uh, Palace was after the England job, wasn't it? Then Everton, yeah, last yeah, season. And then Everton, he did not too bad with both of them, I suppose. Um, well, he, he kept both up, which was yeah. what he was took, what he was brought in to do at the time. Uh, it's it'd be a hell of a job for him trying to pull him up, but. Uh, They've got they've got Kearney back now, haven't they? Who's their you know obviously their 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 main man, I suppose. Well, they haven't got a bad set of players. We saw about this before, where they've got you know it's a, it's a it's like a FIFA team, isn't it? Where it's if you if you build it yourself, you'd be quite happy with it. But 
actually bring them all together it seems to be where it's fallen down um, I think probably missing a bit of bite in midfield but uh, I guess yeah, I think a bit of stability will do them good and if, if weirdly changing the manager could bring on that because I don't is it Jokanovic isn't it I, I don't think he knows his best 11 he made a lot of changes at Watford I think when when he was at Watford what the, they started one season with like about 60 pros at the club <laughs> when you can only have a 25 man squad yeah I mean that's just ridiculous isn't it yeah. that was when Watford were going mad with their ownership wasn't yeah. it when they had uh, players from Udinese and uh, a club in Spain who I can't remember oh, Granada is that it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It's when that they just used to just cycle flares between them, didn't they? Yeah. It's like me, I'm football manager. I always sign too many midfielders, <laughs> not enough defenders, and then injuries. Um, but yeah, uh, Liverpool. F- few nights out on, on Liverpool. Um, their free kick taker choices are a bit strange. Uh, Virgil Van Dijk took a free kick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> and then Alexander Arnold. Um, you know, you've got players like Shakiri, who, who's pretty good with a dead ball. Uh, and stuff like that. And you, you let your defenders take pot shots. I don't know if that's just having well, a bit of fun. I mean, Alexander Arnold scored one in the Champions League. I still remember, but uh, I agree. It's, it's when Shakiri scored them in World Cups and things. It's it's a bit odd, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure there. And the only other thing I thought about uh, with this game is um, there was a time when the game was nil nil. Anfield was restless, like very restless. Mm. And I'm just and especially seen on. T- on, on Twitter, I, I, I follow quite a few Liverpool fans. Um, they're very. I'm wondering if over expectation is a thing at the moment. Like obviously they, they lost in midweek um, to Red Star. Um, now I remember when you know I've seen Red, Red Star beat, beating Arsenal uh, in, in Europe and stuff like that, and I've seen them play well against other English clubs, and it's always like, oh, you know, they're a bunch of part timers and whatever. Liverpool, like, there was a headline. Oh, Liverpool, oh, not had a great game, but, you know, they're, they're former European champions. Well, well, not anymore, they're not. They're like a bunch of part-timers, <laughs> and they, they've beaten you convincingly. Um, but I'm just... And, like, on my timeline, going into the... In, like, in midweek for the Champions League game and for this this game today, so many Liverpool fans just like, yeah, we're going to rollercoaster both of these teams. We're just going to play through them. Easy win. Salah, Mane, Mane Firmino, just going to be banging in the goals. Get them in your dream teams, lads. And, you know, <laughs> okay, they've won today, but they didn't look they didn't look great. Uh, they were di- dire in midweek. And going back to when they played Arsenal, I don't think they were very good then either. So I'm just wondering if expectation might get a bit out of control. It's a possibility. I mean, we've talked about Spurs looking tired. Liverpool look pretty tired, it has to be said. Um, Firmino in particular, he hasn't had the best start of the season, but he, he was so off the pace today. I don't know if you picked up on this, but I there was a few even, times... I didn't notice he was playing until he got subbed on. Yeah, well, that's exactly, that's exactly the problem. Isn't it? Uh, and they played Sturridge in midweek, and he was even worse. So um, there'd be another one who's, who would be glad of a couple of weeks' break, but I don't know if Brazil have got fixtures and things like that. But um, the problem that they're going to have is that after they come back off the international break, it's just solid football, isn't it, from like November the yeah. 24th through till, I guess, the FA Cup third round, when it's no wonder that tournament gets no respect anymore, because after the, the festive period, everyone is just shagged. Like, there's no there's no no one left standing, really. Yeah, so yeah. You've got to rest your players, haven't you? Yeah, um, so it'll be very interesting to see how they get on. Um, they're going to have a bit of a scrap on to get out of that championship group as well, so they can't... I doubt they're going to get through with any games to spare. So, um, 
they can't really take their foot off the gas. Yeah, so they've had a few injuries, haven't they, which has stretched their squad because they've made additions and they, they've they've got a fuller squad than they've had in recent seasons. But yeah, so Oxlade Chamberlain's out for quite a while. Uh, Henderson's just coming back. Is he just coming back from injury? Because he's been in he's, and out of the side, hasn't he? He seems to be always coming back from injury. He yeah. seems to pick up a few strains and things. But that, that Fabinho who played today, mm-hmm. um, I would describe him as tigerish. He seems very, very keen to win the ball back no matter how many times he kicks the opposition. Like, he just he just ploughs through everyone that moves. He'll be a yellow card magnet if he plays every week, I imagine. The, the new granite jacker. Um, <laughs> then, on to... I only saw bits of this because I was out, but probably the most entertaining nil-nil I remember seeing in a while. Uh, Chelsea and Everton? Uh, I went out, so this was... I watched on times 30, mm-hmm. when I ke- and I kept sort of dipping in and out of it. Um, it was end-to-end at times, but yeah. also very, very, very scrappy in the, in the first half in particular. But uh, it's what we said last week about Chelsea, where if, if Hazard's not on, on his game, uh, or he's being shackled... That Chelsea are very average, and mm-hmm. it's never easy to say that about a team who are third in the league, second in the league, whatever they are. Um, but it really is—it's it's down to him or nothing. Like yeah. Murata had one of those days today where he just want to strangle him. Um, offside, little fouls, falling down all the time. Um, and Willian was yeah, pretty poor as well, to be honest. So if Hazard's not doing it. You just don't know where it's going to come from. That's the thing. Hazard had quite a few chances, and he did no balls he put across the box, and there's no one there for him. Yeah, and stuff like that. You know, how long is he going to put up with that? You know, it's all right saying that. Okay, you're in a team that are unbeaten. Uh, they're in the top four. They, you know, they could. They, you know, we, we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. So they could, you know, make, make their way to the title. Although, you know, they're not losing games and whatever. But he's the easily one of the best players in the world. Does oh, yeah. he want to be in a team that's playing like that? I wouldn't have thought so especially when he's probably seen what's unfolding at the likes of Real Madrid where he could go there and be the main man yeah. at one of the best teams in the world um, because Chelsea are some way away from being you know anywhere near yeah. being the, even the best team in Europe again you know they're well down the pecking order at the minute mm-hmm. um, having said all that I think Everton played very well um, yeah. it's probably but unfair on them to say Chelsea were poor, but Everton were uh, were excellent uh, and probably deserved to win in some ways. Mm-hmm. That, like that Bernard chance where he sort of fluffed his lines completely, that was probably the outstanding chance of the game. Yeah, uh, Pickford, Pickford had a great game for them as well. Uh, um, but uh, Walcott, if he'd have been a better player, he'd have been a match winner. Um, <laughs> like the, the amount of times he was, like, there was one time where he was, he was literally threw on goal and didn't seem to know what to do. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean. You, you'll obviously know him better than Oh, I've, I've seen a lot of Theo <laughs> But he, he went through a phase of saying, I want to play as a centre-forward, and he, he went through a bit of a purple patch. He's got a hat-trick against us, which made not that much of an achievement, but his finishing was pretty good once upon a time. Mm. It's his decision-making. Uh, his, yeah. if, if you give him a decision to make, he, he always makes the wrong one. It's a talent. If he's only got one option, like if he's one on one on what running at a goalkeeper straight on, and all he's got to do is put it round the goalkeeper or anything, he'll do it. But if you give him a decision, like do I cut in or do I cut in and go for goal, or do I try and attempt to cross? He'll always attempt to do a cross, and then he can't cross. <laughs> I think he is under a lot of pressure uh, for his position because you've got uh, Luckman, you've got Calvert Lewin. Mm-hmm who are getting minutes pretty much every week from the bench and they do far more in the minutes they're on than he does in the whole game that he's played before that. Um, 
that might just be me being harsh because I don't see an awful lot of Evan, but uh, whenever I see highlights or anything, those two seem a better bet for a goal than he does at the yeah, minute. Yeah, so Luckman came on today and looked, looked quite lively. Um, uh, going back to Chelsea, though, they dropped Ross Barkley, which was, which was strange. I was very surprised at that because he's been probably their best player in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kovacic was alright, he wasn't terrible, but... Um, it's what we're saying the other week as well about Kante and Jorginho. There's, I'm it's, not sure. It's, yeah, it's not working, is it? I'm not sure there's a need for it, especially. I mean, Loftus Cheek's got a hat trick the other week. Hmm. And he's, I, it's. Uh, it's I don't know. It's got to be a case. He wants to play Jorginho because Jorginho is his guy, isn't he? And yep. to be fair, Jorginho's doing a good job, but mm-hmm. but you can't drop Kante. No, you cannot. Uh, I, I mean, that, that is the issue, isn't it? Really, that he, he likes Jorginho to start his attacks and to build the team around him, really. Um, but Kante is—he's doing an okay job at playing as a sort of advanced midfielder, mm. but it's not playing with strength, is it? Yeah, I, I think because there's been a lot of talk of like um, PSG coming in for Kante at some point. I think if a bid comes in, they'll let him go because it solves that problem. Yeah, and if they get a big enough fee from, they can say, well, you know. Couldn't turn it down. And he wanted to go and play in his home country and all this kind of stuff. I'm sure they could spin it in such a way, but uh, it, he's so good when he's playing in his natural position, doing what he does best. Yeah, he's he's a brilliant player, and it is a shame to see him being used in the wrong role, basically. Yeah. Come to the Emirates. There's a there's a position going uh, currently being occupied by the most frustrating Swiss man in the world. Um, <laughs> and what was might as well go on to that one and leave the, leave the Manchester derby till last. Um, so Arsenal uh, battled to a draw with Wolves. Now, I've been saying for weeks that I thought this Wolves game was going to cause us problems. What I didn't expect was this Wolves team to cause us problems when Wolves played terribly. Oh. Uh, so I haven't seen any of this because it wasn't on TV over uh, in, in England. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, it's down to you to, to talk us through Arsenal. So what, what happened? What went wrong? Oh, well, we came out that we were just so slow out the blocks. Like, which we, to be fair, we have been all season. Yeah. It, it's all been second half goals. I think we've we've um, substitutes have scored most of our goals this season, which carried on today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we were just slow, and it was as if it's strange because I, I criticised Don Goodman because I watched the stream of the game from the US, Dorty Norway, uh, where Don Goodman <laughs> was um, somehow commentating over it, um, and he he was be- bemoaning the fact that it looked like Arsenal had never seen Wolves play. Because we we were so open. If Wolves had played how they'd have played in the last couple of weeks, they would have destroyed us. Especially how they played in that second half against Spurs the other week. They would have absolutely ripped us apart. But they they, they didn't. Uh, first half it was all Wolves and they took they took an early lead. Um, Granite Xhaka, uh, yeah, fantastic last week. Getting all the praise. Was back to being last season's Granite Xhaka took the ball off the defence and literally just played such a casual ball across across the back four. Uh, Wolves pounced on it and scored. Uh, if it hadn't been for Leno, they'd have probably comfortably beat us. Um, he, Leno made a few decent saves. Uh, one where he put himself right like, right in the um, line of danger to a point where if that had been Peter Cech, he wouldn't have made that save because obviously Cech's had his head injury 20-odd years ago. Still mm. wears his... He, he still wears his hat and he's you can tell he's still a bit worried about those sorts of um saves yeah. um but Leno put himself straight in there um 
and made a great save. Um, but yeah, Wolves Wolves came with a plan, and they they were yeah they definitely weren't the same team that we've seen in the Premier League this season. Uh, they got the lead, and they literally kept the ball um, for, for in the first half, uh, and then the second half they looked a bit off the boil, but Arsenal could not get going. Um, and Wolves were just—they were happy. They were going to grind out the result. I have—I was surprised to see this Wolves team basically wasting time. <laughs> they were—they were doing everything to wind down the clock. Um, Arsenal had quite a few chances in the in the second half, but just couldn't break them down. And then basically, the goal—the goal scored was basically Mkhitaryan went for a cross, and it just crept in. Well, so. Um... Can I ask you about the Europa League? Because in England it's seen as a bit of a distraction, an unwanted distraction, mm-hmm. um, whereas everyone else in the Europe seems to give it the respect it probably deserves. Um, Unai Emery has missed the Europa League. Yep. He's played fairly strong teams uh, throughout this season for Arsenal. Where do you stand on it? Are you, are you happy to see that, or would you rather just sack it off and... See what the reserves would do in a tuck kind of thing. Um, oh, it, the thing is, we've got a decent sized squad at the moment, so there's a lot of players not playing. We've got quite a settled starting eleven, so it would be nice to see some of the other players, you know, get runs out and stuff like that. Uh, you know, like Emil Smith Rowe has been playing; uh, yeah. he's been doing all right. Mikatarian's not really doesn't look like he fits our new system. He's been getting minutes in the Europa League where he's allowed to travel to the country. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, and then you got Eddie. I can't. I don't know how to say his surname. Nikita, um, who's probably going to have a more prominent role in the team now after what happened to Danny Welbeck. Um, I say Danny Welbeck was getting minutes in there as well. Uh, Koscielny will probably come back in our Europa League game after the international break as well. So I think it's good for that as well. But I would like to see us win it. I would have loved to have seen us win it last year. Um, the problem is that this sta- this is the stage now where you, I would use it to rotate. And then in the later stages, then, you know, go with your first team because it has that ridiculous thing where come January, they dump all the Champions League losers into it, yeah. which I don't agree with in any way. Uh, you know, we went out last season to Atletico Madrid, who were champ- who shouldn't have been in the competition, in, in my opinion. If you're not good enough to win one competition, why should you um, go into another? It's like being knocked out of the FA Cup and going into the FA Vars. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a it's a fair point. We, we, it's all because UEFA obviously wants as many sort of name teams in there as they can, which is not really fair. But it's just how how UEFA are, aren't they? Mm. It's, uh, it's like it's m- like basically this group stage is the qualifying stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah pre- pretty much. Um, it's not it's not fair by any means, is it? But uh, I can't believe it took so long for the the winners of the Europa League to get in the Champions League. Like it makes you wonder, like why did anybody take it seriously at all beforehand? Because all they were doing was signing yourself up for another, you know, year of Thursday nights. Yeah. Um, I say I, I would, I'd pref- I wish there was something that could be done with the scheduling. I think mm. it's ridiculous that the only exception the Premier League seemed to make is that okay, you can play on a Thursday and stuff, but it's it's they don't seem to factor in like things like how far you've travelled um, so you're playing a Thursday but then you're playing at, you, you could end up playing like as we have a few times this season play at 12 o'clock away on a Sunday mm. and stuff like that um, you know 
especially like there was um there was when after one of our games I think it was the first sporting game okay Portugal's not that far away um but we came back on the Thursday and then we had the early kickoff on the Sunday but then like Man City and that like, we played in the Champions League played on the Monday yeah it's not really very fair is it? yeah and that that although I think that game had been moved no it was Tottenham I think it was because that game had been moved from oh that was meant to be on the, the Sunday wasn't it and stuff like yeah that. you know but so th- they're having to make exceptions sometimes, but I don't. Th- I don't think the Premier League have any interest in the Europa League at all. To be fair, I don't think they have any interest in helping any teams in the Champions League, which we've seen a few times as well. Um, but I'd like to see us win it. But I, at this stage, I think we've got um, we've got. Oh, I can't remember their name. Victoria, Victoria, or something is our next game. So and we've already qualified, so we can we can rotate the squad there. And stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's, it's a trophy at the end of the day. I'd it is. No, oh, I mean, we could get the old Arsenal Tottenham Europa League final at this route. Oh god! If you finish fifth and sixth as well, and winners get in the Champions League, that'll be uh, oh god, one one to watch, won't it? Oh god, no, don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm hoping they finish bottom of their Champions League group. Um, it was looking likely for a bit, but they spawned a win, didn't they, at yeah. the end? Uh, uh, well, but yeah, uh, but yeah, a little bit more from the, from Wolves though. Um, Traore, they are using him really well, bringing him off the bench in the, the last ten fifteen minutes. If I was a defender who just played eighty minutes and he came on, I would be terrified. Oh, he's so quick, isn't he? It's, uh... I, I don't understand how he's so quick, though. It's like, I know we were talking about Patterson earlier on being like a creator character from a FIFA game. This <laughs> is just like a creator character for a fighting game. He's so <laughs> big. He's he's huge up top. And, he, he yeah, he's pace. Like, I remember when he was at Barcelona and he looked like he was going to do good things there. And then suddenly he ends up at Villa. Uh, the season they get relegated and like it obviously was Villa in the championship for a little bit couldn't get in their team went to Middlesbrough and seemed to do alright at Middlesbrough um, and Wolsey was their number one target in the summer um, and I can I can see why like they, at the end they were literally just whacking long balls up to him uh, and he was giving Rob Holden a run around the run around um, Leno made a great save from him at the end and then um, I think it was Troy who hit the bar but Wolves hit the bar in the ninety-fifth minute. It was some guy with a double-barrelled name. Um, oh no, it wasn't. It was it was the, the other name I got down. Uh, Morgan Gibbs White. That's the one. That's no. it. Yes, he. It was him who hit the bar. Now he's come on in the last couple of Wolves games, and he's very highly rated at Wolves apparently, um, to the point where he was muted for an England call-up. Really. In the last round of games, not like this Wayne Rooney testimonial thing. <laughs> uh, but um, I remember last, I meant to speak about him last week in, in their game last week Some he came on as a sub and some of the passes he was making he he reminds me a lot of Jack Wilshere in his pomp oh, yeah. like he always wants he gets to the ball wants to go forward uh, he was part of the uh, England under 17 team that won the, won their World Cup um, and apparently uh, he's like a main part of it so oh fair play well it's nice to see uh, young English players getting getting game time in the in the Premier League anyway because yeah, uh, yeah. there's plenty who you know, don't but and you look at Nathaniel Chalaber who made his first start for 14 months for Watford on Saturday mm-hmm. yet, was, yet was in the last England squad yeah like how how did that happen <laughs> it's, 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 but he, he played with Safegate though didn't he he was uh, he was one of Safegate's under 21 lads I mean I'm sure he was but it's not really a reason to give him a senior call oh, up no, in my opinion all, but, but... 
unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, Gibbs White looks he looks looks a good prospect, and he it, it's as you say, it's good to see him get a run out. Especially uh, that Wolves team gets a little bit of criticism sometimes for the amount of. Um, <laughs> But they've got quite a homegrown contingent there uh, as well. Um, one thing I will say, though, is if, if Danny... Uh, not, what's not Danny about? Um, if Matt Doherty had a left foot, he would probably be the Premier League's top scorer. <laughs> is, he the right, is he the right back? He's who... the, the Irish right back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The amount of chances he gets. I know Bellerin had the same, has the same thing sometimes. He gets the, he, he, he gets the ball on the edge of the box and Bellerin's got a good shot on with his right foot, but not of his left. Doherty gets himself into very similar positions in every single game I've seen. I'm sure when I watched the game against Spurs, he could have had two, and he could have had a couple today. Every time I've seen Wolves, he plays so far forward. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I don't know why I'm surprised by it, because as I say, I've seen it four or five times a season alone, but he, he plays like, like a right winger, really. Um, and obviously their system is big on getting the two wing-backs forward, but... Um, I've actually been really impressed by him. I, I, yeah. Wolves in general have Wolves impressed general, me. Yeah, very good. It's like I say, I've been really impressed with Wolves this season. I'm glad that they didn't play as they have been playing <laughs> today. And I think that um, their, their gaffer Nuno, uh, I can't say so now, so I won't even try. But um, I think if he if he looks at today's game, he, I think he'll think if we just play our normal game against the big sides will do a lot of damage. They did, did did against Spurs and they would have done against us. I'd be really interested to see them go up against Man United and Chelsea at the moment. Yeah, I mean, they've taken points off um, Man City and Man United, haven't they? Yeah. They've got a, so they obviously can mix, mix it with the, with the big teams. They were unlucky against Spurs. They've taken a point off yourselves now. So, it's uh, not very often a promoted team comes up and is uh, so competitive. But as I got going on to like the, the last game, uh, City against Man United, the way Man United defended in this game, that Wolves team of last week would have probably scored more than Man City did. <laughs> uh, this was it was men against boys for a long time, and then Man United had a bit of a a bit of a run for ten fifteen minutes, but. I never really felt like they were going to equalise. I don't know what you thought about it, but uh, Man City were comfortably the better team, in my yeah. opinion. So I was watching two games at once now, so there's probably, oh, yeah. there's probably a lot I missed. Um, but City, yeah, that first goal, I've never seen a defence stand so still. That was it. I mean, obviously the cross in the first place went right over everybody at the back post when it went back across the box and still no one got anywhere near it. Um, and then Silva had time to take a touch to bring it to more or less the centre of the box and then slam it in by a very slight deflection yeah. but uh, yeah I mean so bad defending isn't it mm. and then the same for the third goal really again just completely motionless it was a great move by Man City you know Man United just couldn't get near the ball but then it was it was as if time stopped it was 44 passes on that so it's not like they had a quick counter-attack where they couldn't get themselves set like the whole defence was probably watching this all unfold for about two and a half minutes or whatever how long it took but um, Man United uh, it's, I mean it's it's strange cause I haven't grown up watching Man United win everything and generally boss the majority of the Premier League seasons of my lifetime they're, they're so far away from that now um, it's quite nice in many ways but um, uh, without Pogba 
what if they were they were just had nothing. They were I know Pogba's had a lot of criticism but that they just could barely get going at all. Mm. Um we they won't be the only ones against Man City of course they won't, but uh they are so far away from Man City. It's uh it's incredible really. Yeah, so the the only time I remember seeing a defence play that badly was watching Fulham against I think it was against the Cardiff game every week. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they, they were so stationary and then um, I didn't see the start I missed the first couple of minutes um, I don't know where Ashley Young was supposed to be playing uh, but he was at right back left back right back he, yeah. he was kind of part of part of a back three at one point and I, I remember seeing Smalling and I think I saw Rojo oh it was um, Lindelof oh Lindelof you know, yeah but Ashley Young was the only person I saw make a tackle, and he's like a thirty-odd-year-old winger. Well, I mean, Valencia seems to have fallen right out of favour there now, mm. um, and Shaw's made left back his own, and Mourinho has to play Ashley Young seemingly. So um, he just played it right back and got ran at all day by Sterling and Sane and Mendy, and he had no chance really. Mm. Um, he got didn't get much help from uh, whoever was playing in front of him. What what's happened to Dalot? I think he was he was injured for a bit, but I think they're just trying to ease him in. Really, um, he's, what is he twenty? He's not. Yeah, he's only twenty. He's twenty or twenty one. He's supposed to be like a great defensive prospect. I know he primarily he's a right back. I think, but I'm yeah. sure when he, when he came, there was a lot of talk that he could play on the right of a back three. All oh, right. As well. Well, I mean. <sighs> Man United, uh, they need resetting. Um, there's so many things wrong with how how they're doing things. Um, we've talked about Sanchez the other week. He just doesn't seem to fit in there. He actually played quite well as a centre forward against Juventus in the week, mm-hmm. but but now he's back on the bench today. I think they said he had a slight injury or something. Uh, Rashford has one good game and then five anonymous games. Martial's pretty much single-handedly carrying them at the moment, despite more or less being forced out or trying to be forced out over the summer mm. um, Matic looks like a bit of a busted flush he, his legs have, have gone for me he doesn't yeah. seem to be the player he used to be Herrera is just a pest doesn't really offer a great deal other than being a pest Fellaini is a great plan B get him on get him in the box but I would, can't really play him as a centre midfielder like they did today he's just lumbering around doing nothing yeah. uh, it's, I say it's, it's strange seeing a Man United team not be even in the top four, and they're not even close to being a top four team. They're barely even a top six team at the minute. Mm-hmm. And they beat Juventus in midweek. I know that's the strangest thing. <laughs> Ridiculous. Absolutely, the strangest thing about it. But yeah, they they didn't. If I'd have seen that game and like had no way of identifying the two teams, I would not have picked them as Man United. They had nine men behind the ball at some stages. And mm-hmm. don't get me. Don't get me wrong, sorry. Um, City are a great team, and they'll they'll do damage to to a lot of teams in the Premier League, in Europe, and what have you. But they their job was made easy today. You know, it was yeah. The amount of times there was barely a tackle in the match, other than Fernandinho, who somehow didn't get booked for several fouls. But from Man United's point of view, there was no one. It was barely a derby. Like no one getting their foot in. There was no one trying to rile anybody up it was just a you know what we're probably going to lose so we'll try and hang in for as long as we can then we'll have a go for a bit and if we're still in the game in the last 10 minutes we'll load the box up um, 
But before they even got the chance to do that, Man City got their third goal and killed it. Strange, strange. So hopefully the international break will give them some uh, time to, you know, I don't know, get themselves together. I suppose. But this isn't this isn't a new thing. They've been. They, they, you could argue they've been like it for almost a year now. Well, they're going to have to decide whether they're going to stick with Mourinho for the rest of the season because it's going to get to January and he's going to want to buy X, Y, and Z. And they're going to have to say yes, here you go, or they're going to have to say no because you're on your bike in the summer. And as soon as that happens, then I mean, that's curtains, isn't it? Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't see who they're going to buy in. In I know they need centre backs, but you ain't buying. You're not buying the best players in January. No, I, mean, I guess they're probably still looking at uh, Alderweireld from Tottenham because he's out of contract in six months, I mm. think. Um, now, whether he will sign a new contract or not, I don't know because Tottenham seem to want to play their players as little as possible, mm. um, despite having this new mega super duper stadium which they still can't play in. Um, whether that means they're going to have some money for wages or not, now they'll have a, a bigger income from from, from ticket sales. I, I don't know, but. Um, it probably depends on how Tottenham are doing as well of course I mean if they're not going to be in the Champions League I can't imagine uh, him sticking around yeah, that's it you know, there's, I think there's talk of them going for like Rigani and, and players like that but are their teams going to want to let them go in January it's, you know and then you end up buying you like to pair motorcycles and, and stuff like that although he came to us in the, su- in the summer I suppose <laughs> No, but I, I take your point. I take your point. It's a it's a bad time to try and buy players because you're either going to get shafted on the price, or you're getting players who are available for a reason. Yeah, and, you know, I, I I don't I don't see United turning it around, and I I think Mourinho, I, I think he'd happily take the sack. <laughs> I think he I think he wants to get. Out. Well, he's had a bit of a renaissance really because considering they were two 0 down to us and he was pretty much sacked, mm-hmm. and he managed to put he managed to turn that round by. I mean, he just threw the kitchen sink at us, and we obviously couldn't handle it. And then he got a good result, as you say, in in, in Turin in, in midweek, and they've beaten Bournemouth in the last minute. And you know, they've generally rode his luck a bit for a few weeks to keep his job. Mm. Um, I don't think he'll go anywhere for a while. I think mm. his Champions League, the fact they'll probably get out of that Champions League group will probably save his job. Um, but I can't be very surprised if he's there. Come next season. Yeah, I think if any uh, most other clubs, he'd be gone. I think. I think what what you're right. What what what's going to save him is that's not a club run by football men. So they're just like, well, we're not doing too badly. We're in the Champions League. We're, you know, we technically could still get in the top four for next season and stuff like that. You know, you, you see the fans and like even non-fans like us saying they're not playing the Man United way. At some clubs, that's enough to get you the sack. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Really, I hear it when people say, "Oh, West Ham play the West Ham way." Yeah, that was going to be the... my next thing. Sam Allardyce did a great job at West Ham. Got sacked <laughs> playing the wrong way. Ah, but what, what the fuck's the West Ham way? Like, for, as long as I've been alive, West Ham have been a mid a mid table at best club. And I, I take they were very good in the uh, in the eighties and stuff like that. But that was a long time ago. Like, you can't we go on about the West Ham way. It's like us saying, "Ah, you know, you don't play the Kevin Keegan way." Like, it's just a nonsense. Like, you've just got to play at the best of whatever your squad is like, mm. and obviously you can buy players that suit the manager's mentality but it's, the odds of it matching up to someone from the past is very slim so it's need to, need to get over it really I, I think if they go on a bad run though going through Christmas he's gone but I don't see him surviving next summer 
No, that's what I say. It's about down to whether they want to give them another transfer window where they probably won't let them buy anybody or whether they just pull the trigger in December and say, right, here's Zidane to take on or whoever whoever else they're thinking about bringing in. Yeah. Um, and we'll just see what happens. But his days are numbered anyway. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we should talk about Man City a little bit. The, you know, they, they were really good. Didn't really have to get out of second gear, in my opinion. Um, probably going to walk the league still. Yeah, um, they'll come into their own over the busy festive period. Um, there's something like seven seven rounds of matches uh, when we come back from international break on November the 24th until the end of the year, which is a lot of games in, a, in not that many days. Um, and obviously they've got the squad to handle it. Uh, whereas we've already talked about Liverpool looking a bit tired, Tottenham kind of hanging on a bit, Chelsea being over-reliant on Hazard. Um, I think that's when a gap will start to appear. Yeah, that's it. So Jesus hat trick in midweek didn't even play today. <laughs> that's mad, isn't it? I mean, it's just they've got an embarrassment of riches. Like everyone, everything, everyone Pep brings on scores. As you say, he played Jesus in midweek. Um, yes, he got two pens and it was a hat trick, but it's just everyone, everyone, everyone there gets it. Everyone knows what their job is when they come on. No one seems to complain about not playing. Um, it's just very, very hard to see them not winning the league. Yeah, and Aguero scores again. His scoring record is phenomenal, and yet he never gets mentioned for awards or anything. Do you think he's dyed his hair so people see him? <laughs> he gives us something to talk about with <laughs> yeah. him at least. Uh, it's, it's. I think Pep. Honestly, in, in a sick kind of way, I think Pep really wants him to fail because Gabriel Jesus is his boy, and he would love to have him up there running about doing his bit for the team, but. Aguero is a record holder. He's the fans' favourite. Mm-hmm. He's he is a better player than him. Um, and over time, yes, that might change. But while you've got Aguero in his prime, why would you be looking to 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 take him off? Like he's always the first one to come off. Yeah. Um, and the the say the rest of them, but like there was one where he took him off after an hour on the Saturday for supposedly for resting for the Champions League. Then he started Jesus on the on the Wednesday anyway. I think he just I say he he really wants a reason not to play him. He, he was having he was having fun running through that Man United defence today. He didn't look happy to be bought off. No, and I wouldn't either if I was him because uh, there was more goals there for him. Especially if it had stayed two one, the longer it stayed two one, the more chance he had of getting a goal on the break. But okay. um, De Gea probably should have saved his goal. Yeah, for me. Yeah, it was. I know he hit it hard, but from that angle. Um, yeah, I was surprised sh- it went in. To be fair, yeah, should never really get beaten from that angle, but. Um, De Gea's in that one of those bit of patches at the minute where, like, in the World Cup, I don't think he made a single save. Um, he certainly threw a couple of Ronaldo's in, I seem to remember. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's low on confidence, I think. They didn't have a great end to last season, really, Man United. And to be fair, if I had to sit and watch that back four for 90 <laughs> minutes, I'd, I'd, I'd be having nightmares. Well, he's got no, he's got no chance. He's, like, small and a walking disaster. Uh, emphasis on the walking as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Lindelof I've never been convinced by he looks a bit sluggish to me um, but having said that Eric Bay is also a disaster waiting to happen so and then there's Phil Jones so I mean where do you start yeah that's it um, but yeah I it's probably with um, De Gea he's got nowhere to go now has he you know <laughs> no, although no. I suppose Quartar's not having the greatest time in Madrid so <laughs> you never know it's absolutely remarkable. Uh, Madrid's run a form since Solari took over um, compared to Lopetegui. 
have they won four in a row, five in a row? Uh, to be fair, I haven't. I haven't seen. I I, I haven't played because it's not on Sky anymore. I haven't really seen seen that much from them. I know. I know Barcelona lost today. Um, yeah, I mean, I just see snippets here and there. I say I don't have eleven sports. So I haven't actually seen this unfold myself. I just uh, see the odd headline here and there, but. Um, they won something like 5-0 in midweek in the Champions League. Um, and obviously he has the same players as a disposal that Lopetegui had, so yeah. ha- it's just strange how football works now, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, uh, but yeah not, the same, not the greatest weekend in the Premier League uh, this week. No Premier League football next week uh, with the international break. Uh, I believe we'll still be putting something out, though. Um, I have an idea, but I don't know if I'm going to do it yet. So stay tuned well, for that. <laughs> give us a clue before next week. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, I'll let I'll let you know before next week. Um, but I've got I've got to decide. Yeah, Ross says I can do what I want. Um, so I've had one of two ideas. So I'll, be, I'll give you a shout in the week and let you know about that. Uh, thank you very much for joining me again, Dave. Pleasure talking to you as always. Um, please feel free to pimp your yeah, socials. No uh, yeah, um, Twitter is at CM9798, uh, and I'm interviewing Chamman, one or two legends, Cherno Samba this week, so keep a look out for that. Excellent, excellent. Um, uh, you can find myself, I am on Twitter at XIXBlueWolfXIX. You can find the show at, at ManOnThePost. Um, and I think that's about it. Anything else you want to bring up while we're here, Dave? Uh, no, just. Uh, Hopefully the national break goes off without a hitch. Hopefully Rondon doesn't come back with Venezuela with anything broken, and that'll keep me. Yeah, and we'll all be sure to tune into uh, Wayne Rooney's MLS retirement party on Thursday night. Um, so yeah, that's it from us. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, and always remember to keep your man on the post. Uh-huh.